Derrick Henry will double Deion Lewis's fantasy points this season. Kareem Hunt will have fewer catches than Leonard Fournette. Sony Michelle will lead the AFC East in fantasy points. These were some of our bold predictions that were close to happening last year. And now we've got a slew of new ones that we're going to unload for you right now. So let's run up. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. It's Donald here with Scott. Yo. And Tom. Hey, everybody. Preseason football is in full force this week. Will you guys be watching any of it? Yeah, of course. Um, Highlights only or yeah. full games? Beginning. I'm not watching. Beginning. Beginning. Okay. Bill watch. Belichick watches every preseason. The only game. thing that I'm so gonna I. see if I watch is something that I don't want to see. Like I would literally Injuries. be watching to see if someone would get hurt. Yeah, okay. and that's not fun for me. No, no, it is not. Or Nelson Aguilar of 2000. Right, I don't want that stuff. <laughs> I can't handle that. Oh, stuff Oh, I fell anymore. for that one. Oh, I think we all did, time, Tom. Brother, Everybody time. at this table did. Yeah, that one hurt. But we've been falling for some guys. <laughs> He was so bad. <laughs> awful. He awful was rookie awful. year. The awful. worst. He was so bad. First catch in preseason. House. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. This Didn't is he it. take a punt back or something? He just too? went wild. Yeah. He had an and it was right preseason. after they got rid of Jeremy Macklin. So like, was oh, good time. at the time. So that everyone was like, damn. This is the It'd new. be like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, they're smart, actually, for getting rid of him. Because now they got Nelson Aguilar. And he was so bad. But so then bad. at least. He's been it, screwing us ever since. He became good, though. So it's fun to make fun of him because he actually had a. Uh, it's turnaround. Yeah, yeah, resurgence. The fewest number of yards on eight catches that anyone's ever had in the NFL was what he did in week one last year. <laughs> eight catches for 53 yards. Wow. Stats. Yeah. Hashtag stats. Quincy Anunua will try to beat that one, though. Yeah. Hashtag yeah, stats. Um, is that one of your bold predictions for this week, Tom? No, that wouldn't actually be bold. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it's actually quite likely. <laughs> but this is the bold predictions episode. We each make five bold predictions uh, for what we think the season's going to hold for us. Do not hold these up to our faces when they don't hit. Yeah, they're bold predictions. Yeah, but they're made with. Um, they're, they're made, made with, with some thought, without with statistics doubt. in mind. Sure, but you know, like to we, paint the picture, yeah. baby. You got to paint the picture we're, for the bold we're predictions. We're taking some leaps of faith on guys that we think deserve them. And that's kind of what this episode is all about for at its sure. heart. And don't worry. We're going to be holding ourselves accountable for this because we will be hitting up the accountability episode uh, at the end of the season. That's one of our playoff specials that we like to do. So don't worry. We will re revisit these. We will talk about why they hit or why they did Unless they were really bad, and then we just won't do it. But yeah, anyway, we'll you won't remember. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah <whatever. laughs> but you won't remember anyway. Yeah. So... We're not at the who wants to lead off. We're not at the level of fame where everybody like goes back and tries to like gotcha. No way. And yeah. I love that well, about us. <laughs> yeah. I wish we were more famous. Don't get it <laughs> yeah. twisted. There are people but it's also that, nice to be wrong. Yeah. There are people that do do that as well. So don't. Yeah, get that you're right. Twisted, actually, you're right. that is fair. All right. Uh, who would like to start? Anybody? I, I can. Lead I can. Off. I mean, I don't care. Let's go, Scotty. All right, you want Scott. me to lead off? I'll start. As you so often do. Yeah, I have to lead off because I'm lead always off, the man. most prepared. You know. So I'm. Don't even tell. So I'm starting off, you know, fresh off the news with AJ Green getting hurt. Of course, everybody knows my love for Tyler Boyd knows no bound. And I'm saying really his potential has no bound this year. Tyler Boyd will be a top 10 wide receiver this year. And he will also finish with our legendary trademark of 100 catches, 1,000 yards, and 10 touchdowns this season. In five games without A.J. Green last year, he still extrapolated out to a 77-catch, 1,098-yard, seven-touchdown season. And in the games with A.J. Green, he extrapolated out to 92 for 1,209 touchdowns. So, to me, that shows, of course, he's better with A.J. Green, but... The potential is there for him to be great without him as well. Fine. And he Perfectly did that with fine. Yes. And he did that with Jeff Driscoll, by the way. So if he gets Andy Dalton, 
you know, formidable to some extent starting quarterback. <laughs> Game scripts are going to be amazing for them as they're losing all the time. Their offensive line is terrible, so they're going to have to dump the ball down quick to him. He showed he could score in the red zone. He hit big plays all year. He's, just, you know, one of the better slot receivers in the entire league. Now he goes into the season with every, with the team game planning to get him open. What I love about it too is that AJ Green could, you know, hobble back into the season, could still struggle with that ankle injury, and now he's a decoy the whole season just for Tyler Boyd to tear it up in the middle of the field like he did last year, pacing to a 92 catch, 1200 yard season with AJ Green on the field. So I think he's game planned in at the beginning, and then when AJ Green comes back, it's the same relationship as last year, and it sustains him out to a hundred catch, thousand yard, ten touchdown season. Tyler Boyd, top ten wide receiver. Boyd man gets paid. Boyd man gets paid. I that's good that. stuff. That that's should be really that might good. be my team name in the league because <laughs> there's good. no way that's really I'm not good. gonna yeah that's really good. There's no way I'm not gonna have him uh, in leagues this Boyd year. His, his value is gonna climb. He got paid I have no too. fear. No fear. Tyler Boyd, Boyd got buckle paid. up, baby. Wow. I love this. I love this call. You know, this was he was like one of the sneakiest stars of the fantasy football season last year. One of my favorite stories. And last he's year. still getting so disrespected in drafts right now. Oh like, yeah. There's no way I should be getting Tyler Boyd in the eighth round of mock drafts right now. And I'm telling you, I regularly do. Yeah. Like he's a guy Dude. you can start as your flex the entire season. He's entered the like the the Godwin level, you know? And yeah. <laughs> we'll get to Godwin later too. But you know, he's entered that that level of guys who are on the cusp but could really become that next level receiver. Right. And I think with AJ Green out for a perfect window of time. It's just enough for Tyler Boyd to get game planned into a monster role the first four weeks and then go back into his to his old role with AJ Green and just kick ass all year. Yeah, and to not to mention he's going to get all the reps at training camp while AJ oh, yeah. Green sits on his pud. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. It's graphic, but whatever. <laughs> Doing ankle pumps. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, Tom, let's go to your first one, unless you want me to go. I don't really care. Go for it. All right, so this one, I'll warm up with a nice and easy one. It might sound bold to some, but to us, it might even just be So, boring. Don, that, that means you go last. So save your save your yeah, bottom dollar. You've got to you've got to clean it up at the very last. Yeah. One. So, <laughs> ooh, those are definitely going to pick up. Those are some nice cracks. Yeah, that was good. All Let's right. do this. So Larry Fitzgerald returns a top ten performance as a wide receiver oh. this year. Oh, Larry Legend. <laughs> he has done. We can't this. stay away. He has six top eleven performances in PPR. But I'm just going to go ahead and round that down for Larry on good behavior. <laughs> And <laughs> okay, I respect well, that. Yeah, I mean, it, you got to give him that. Oh yeah. I mean, if he, if anyone has good behavior, it's Larry. Oh, the best. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that he's finished as a top ten wide receiver six times. Right now, he's being drafted in the disrespectfuls. I don't even care where he's being drafted. His yeah. ADP to me is irrelevant. Yep. You can reach down for him in that five, six, seven round. One hundred percent. If you want to get him in full point PPR, you go ahead and do that. You go do it. And I think starting because flex, he's Larry not Fitz. very far removed from that. And last year was just that bastardization of a season that I think Larry Fitzgerald has room here. Christian Kirk is being drafted above Larry Fitzgerald. That is a crime. That is the biggest crime of ADP right now. Last time Larry Fitzgerald was this disrespected, he finished as wide receiver three three or four, whatever format you want to talk about. Oh, my God. I had him in full PPR that year. Oh, Oh my God. And then I disrespected him in the rankings, and you guys said, dude, how? And I, I really didn't have a good answer. Yep. And it wasn't because, <laughs> and because of that. And it wasn't because I thought up. Rosen was like going to be really bad. I could never have predicted how bad the Cardinals would be and how, no. uh, how no egregious uh, Larry Fitzgerald would show out. But the pattern of his career has been this way, where he gets disrespected in ADP and then he, and he shows out for us. Out. <laughs> yep. So I don't even think it's crazy. But to, among this table, it's normal. But I think yeah. <laughs> to tell someone that Larry Fitzgerald might be a top 10 wide receiver this year is bold. You might get slapped elsewhere. Yeah, I, and I think he can do it. And, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him. Of yeah, course. of course. We're always rooting for Larry Fitz. But you will never I agree find with you. air raid a offense of baby? against Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, yeah, and not to mention there's, there's two years left on his deal. So. Yeah, yeah. Kyler this Murray even, might mess around and extend Larry Fitzgerald's career. By another four years, who knows? Larry I mean, this offense really could turn him around. Larry Fitzgerald played his first NFL game when Kyler Murray was seven years old. It's amazing. Hell yeah, first of all. Amazing. Old guys rule. All right, my first one. We've been pretty wide receiver centric, so I will continue that trend. 
Mine will be over receiver next to them. Stephon Diggs will outscore Adam Thielen by 30 points in half-point PPR, where Thielen has outscored Stephon Diggs by 30 or more in each of the past two seasons. Diggs came on like a hurricane at the end of last season, while his counterpart felt more like the sun shower that brings on a rainbow. This is a poem, huh? Beautiful. The Thielen enters this season as a prime candidate to be unable to repeat last year's success, where he posted 100 yards in each of the team's first eight games and then trailed off like oh, this yeah. sentence. Big time. Like this sentence. <laughs> in that time, Diggs still put up fabulous numbers while remaining the Vikings' top red zone threat. Diggs was just one shy, one touchdown shy of joining Tom's prestigious 100-catch, 1,000-yard, 10-tud club. Tyler Boyd. And he's also posted a 10-tud season before, and he looks to be a prime candidate to join that club in his fifth season as a pro. I'm all in on Diggs this year. I think he's the receiver to go get out of Minnesota. I mean, sure. Yeah. It's what this episode's for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't think that was that crazy, but it is also a little bit more crazy. By 30, given, point, 30 no, yeah, points exactly. is a lot. No, yeah. yeah I'm not. Hey. 30 I, points, two good weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And Diggs is capable of it. Yeah, Especially he is. if people just whiff on him, then he just takes it to the house. I know. And what's... what's Ask the Packers. He did it know, twice to him last what's year. What's so awesome about Diggs, too, is like he has that combination, you know, where yeah. he can be the guy who burns you on the outside, but he can also catch, you know, 14 yeah, passes I mean, in a game. If you remember when he like came that. on to the fantasy I apologize, scene. by the way. He has not had a 10-touchdown season yet. Okay, well. Yet. yet. But he was one away in last year and two away two years ago. Did he have a rushing touchdown? No. Never in his life. Really? Never in his NFL career. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> Sorry. Let's not go left. He had to have scampered yeah. one across life, high school. Come on. He dominated Pee Wee football. Yeah. yeah, but what <laughs> yeah I was say he was, was definitely a running back. If you remember football, how he dominated. came onto the fantasy scene, it was like Deshaun Jackson style. It was deep bombs. Yeah. He was a standard legend, and now he's carved out an amazing role for himself. So I think because yeah. we're going to look by back the way, on Stefan Diggs like when his career's over as like one of our fantasy favorite players. Maybe. By the way, Stefan Diggs out, had four fewer targets than Adam Thielen last year. A lot of receivers That's why do, I always though. ranked them back to back even yeah. before that was cool. <laughs> uh Scott, we'll move on to your second Alrighty. bold prediction. Yeah, I'm sticking with receivers too. Um I'm sticking with our boy Chris Godwin. Oh boy. My bold go to prediction my other receiver one then, huh? Me too. My bold prediction is that he outscores Mike Evans. Um I love Mike Evans. Come Let on. me get that out. I really do, and I always have. But everything to me is pointing toward Chris Godwin just going bananas this year. Bruce Arians is saying he's never going to leave the field. And let's not forget, like, yeah, he can play the slot. He can play outside. He was, he's was he been great in the red zone. He's been good as a deep receiver. You know, he can do it all. And obviously Arians sees that. And being that guy in Bruce Arians offense that can do it all and move all around the field. You saw what it did for Larry Fitzgerald. You saw what he could even do with a guy like David Johnson in the receiving game. When you have that piece in your offense and you trust him like that, he has the potential to do everything for you and really just explode. It seems like Chris Godwin is going to be that guy. He has all the potential in the world to fill it and to do it. He's going to have all the opportunity. We're talking almost 200 vacated targets between Adam Humphreys and uh, Deshaun Jackson from last year included to what he's going to add into this role. So it could be insane for him, not to mention they're going to be losing all the time and throwing all the time. Chris this Godwin, is, man. And don't forget, Bruce Arian said, I want him to fill the Larry Fitzgerald role. Yeah. And to never leave the field. That's and what I mean. I have uh, – my next one is a little similar. So while you were talking, I kind of did a back engineering yeah. on what I was going to talk about. Right. And it's kind of scary. Uh, I think it's worth bringing How up. How similar they are? Mike Evans, inside the 20-yard line, had roughly a 16% target share on his team, which is actually pretty good. Yes, for Inside sure. the 10, yeah. 16% target share, so it, it remains the same. Godwin, however... Uh-oh. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, an 18% target share inside the 20, but a 30 0.6% share inside the 10. He was their best red zone receiver last year. He had 11 targets inside the 10. He's their best red zone receiver last year. I'm telling you, Tommy. Godwin, going to have a better season than Mike Evans. Okay, that's uh, my other bold let, prediction. I'm going crazy right now. 11 <laughs> targets inside the 10. That's more than Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Zach Ertz, Alvin Kamara, Travis Kelsey, DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, wow. James White, Eric Ebron, so Odell Beckham, everyone. The, I should actually read who it's not more than. Michael Thomas, please hold. <laughs> That's a lot of scrolling. 
<laughs> is that it? Oh, I accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally, <You> <laughs> I accidentally was looking at receptions right there. Fantastic. <laughs> um, but the point remains. So um, Juju had 11 as well. Michael Thomas still had more. And then Travis Kelsey, Michael DeAndre Thomas. Hopkins, Ooh. and Julian Edelman actually are the only ones who compete with him. Hey, guys, Julian Edelman's going in the fifth round. As well as Jared Cook. And what do you have to say to that one? Not going to happen again? Probably yeah, not. Probably, probably not. not because now that he's on the team with Michael Thomas, exactly, who had the most fourteen, <laughs> and Alvin Kamara, who probably had his fair share. Yeah, sorry for botching that originally, but I got crazy excited that he's in that sort of category. Elite yeah. company. So he's going to have that going for him. He's going to have the slot position, Larry Fitzgerald oh, role going owned. for him, and his. he's never going to leave the field. I mean, the stars are aligning, yeah. I think, for Godwin to outscore Mike Evans and to outscore a whole lot of receivers this year. That's really sure. crazy. DeAndre Hopkins had the most, 15, by the way. As and all was right in the world when it happened. Tom, shall we go to you for your second bold prediction? Yes, all and right. that is that David Moore will have the most touchdowns on the Seattle Seahawks. Receiving? Everyone? Rushing, <laughs> receiving. Wow. As long as it's not throwing. That's awesome. <laughs> Okay. David Moore. Do go on. Yeah. So David Moore, a guy with a 15% target share inside the 20, which I thought was good until we talked about Chris Godwin, and a 12% <laughs> target share inside the 10 on a team with a razor-efficient quarterback and just a guy who was earning snaps. Like right. his numbers shouldn't suggest that he could be this useful inside that area. Granted, the guy finishes the red zone year out with three touchdowns, but on nine targets. Right. So a 33% like chance to just capitalize on that. Right. Which when you look at that among other players in the NFL is very high. Granted, yeah. it's a small sample size, right. But, right? Still. but you would expect this to be Tyler Lockett. You would expect this to be Chris Carson. Right. But I think when you're looking at that team, that there's a fair amount of cannibalization that could occur at the running back position. Yeah, I think so too. And that Tyler Lockett playing out of the slot is going to be, you know, more of that slot guy and not be that money ball right. touchdown guy. Yeah. David Moore, surprisingly, has been that in a lot of instances. He's a big vertical guy in the red zone. And when you think about DK Metcalf entering the lineup, he's actually not competing with David Moore. He's competing with Jerron Brown yeah. for the other outside position. Right. Because so if David Tyler Lockett, locked in. Yeah. Because if Tyler Lockett is going to play this, the Doug Baldwin role, right. then there's two other wide receivers, and it always has been. Yep. And right now, as things stand, DK Metcalf is behind Jerron Brown. So right. another bit of cannibalization. David Moore has a chance to do this. Yeah. And he is virtually undrafted. And no. He's virtually undrafted if you drafted twice. <laughs> David Moore's current ADP in half-point PPR, according to Fantasy Pros, is 289. Wow. He is going off the board at wide receiver 100. Wide and receiver he, 100. He was started in your league last He's year. He's freer yes, than sure. free. Yes. He was started in your league last you year. You have to scroll till you get carpal up, tunnel just to pick him. He was picked up Thank on God the waiver Thank God for the wire. Google find function, by the way. <laughs> On yeah. Google Chrome. Otherwise, I was scrolling forever. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly don't think it's that crazy, which is my favorite part. You know who's right ahead of him, too? I like that one, Tom. That's fun. Who was right ahead of him, Donald? Ricky Seals Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I take David Moore over Seals. Right Jones. behind him, Kendrick Bourne and Alfred Blair. Kendrick well, the Bourne. funny thing nice about David Moore that I just Jesus do want to bring Kendrick up. Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> and I love that. Is that for the Seahawks, it's not a pass happy offense, right? Yeah. And last year, while still grinding it out, earning his role, 53 targets, which you a know, lot. Tyler yeah. Lockett hardly and were, ever and, were and he was hurt, too. He missed those some targets. Games. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and those David Moore targets were bunched together at the end of the year. He was not playing games very often. started. What would, you, what would you guess? For Moore? Seven. Yeah. Three. Seven. Nice, Don. But the whole I'm point is an awesome guy. She's love David that Moore. his stats bear out. You know, he had the three touchdowns. He had the three touchdowns inside the red zone, but five touchdowns on the season. And he had 17 yards per catch. Wow. Yeah, I, I was I was into him. I was like, like growing on him. When even you in dig like on the summer it, too. It, it just unearths itself a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. Is he a great 15th down. round pick? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Dig down. Scroll yourself down or search the player queue. Go find David Moore. Five touchdowns. 
Yeah, just don't cue him right at the top because you don't want him to go in like the, your second round pick. No, of course not. Like of course that. not. I don't Manage start cue. I don't start doing my cue until like round seven or. Yeah, eight. I'm not a cue guy. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I'm always ready to yeah, pick. That's true. My second and final uh, bold prediction about wide receivers: Antonio Brown wins the war of words with his former team by outscoring Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner in all formats. Not the two of them combined, but each of them individually. Don't score as many points as Antonio Brown. After a less than amicable departure, Antonio Brown is now on a team with a, without a star in the making at wide receiver and running back to hold him back. There's a good chance he produces one of his best seasons this year, despite it being his first with the Raiders. Juju's role may increase, but after catching 111 passes last season, there may not be anywhere further for him to go. Plus, James Conner will have to deal with last season's last season's late season breakout, Jalen Samuels, and early round draft pick Benny Snell to compete with, not to mention his troublesome injury history. Brown, on the other hand, has only deep threat Tyrell Williams and first round rookie Josh Jacobs to deal with, but Derek Carr, who, by the way, is coming off of one of his best seasons of his career, knows where his bread will be buttered and has already talked about how Brown's explosiveness has affected his confidence as a quarterback. When I hear that, I think he's going to go to Brown as often as he possibly can. Oh, yeah. He will be giving Brown those 50-50 balls, which don't feel like 50-50 balls when you're throwing them to Antonio freaking Brown. And I think he's in for a monster season, and I think he has a shot here to be better than Juju, who we all still love. Yeah. But I think he can finish ahead of Juju, and I think he can finish ahead of James Conner. I like Juju better, and I th- and this is why this is a bold and Conner too. I, yeah, I like I like this as a bold prediction. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because a running back, and this is what I was going to bring up, like a running back like James Conner last year. It's so easy for him to get points. Yeah, he's going to yeah. outscore Antonio. Oh my Brown. God, he was so good last yeah. year. It's the the opportunity for touchdowns and how readily they gave him the goal line. Yep. Um, even though he was competing with Antonio Brown. So yeah. something oh, yeah. that you don't mention that works against you, which is just makes it all the more fun. Is Did that you guys see the vi- – oh, sorry, go ahead. The, the vacated targets of Antonio Brown could go to James Conner yes. very well. Yeah. That is a big <laughs> snag in my prediction <laughs> it's here. It's possible. Although they did say they want to try to decrease some of – They always say that. But even him. if you know, some Panthers of the targets go to Juju. Panthers just said that about McCaffrey too. Some of the, the targets could go to Juju too, and that could be trouble. One of the things I was going to bring up, did you guys see that video of Antonio Brown? Like he yes, has a I brick. Know what you're saying. He has yeah. a brick in his hands, and he's just like pinching it with two fingers, and like someone's behind him high-fiving him, and he's just switching hands. And just like pinching a brick, it's amazing. And he's like wearing the, loafers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing how how Did athletic that guy is. And I agree with you. The sky's the limit for him. Still, he came into camp on a hot air balloon. Oh, he went to camp on yes. a hot yeah. air balloon. Yes. <laughs> and he says, "Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee." Nice. Oh yes. That's got to be a team name now, it's too. too. Sting like AB? Sting like AB. Sting like AB, yeah. But that's, you know. And then in your team motto, you can be like, float like a butterfly, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's that's why Yahoo's. Team motto? Yahoo yeah. has a team motto? Yahoo yeah. has team mottos. Hmm. It'll fit in ESPN. That's but it the doesn't, problem. But it doesn't show on the, on the, on yeah, the app. Yeah, the big problem yeah. is, you know, I've never The big problem is there's the 20 motto. characters <laughs> in your Yahoo team name, yeah. and it's 2019. We need 50. Figure it out. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sidetracked. Uh, AB rules, and I love him. And I'm just checking right now. And I believe he did. He outscored James Conner and Juju last year. Right. Oh, so what a bold predict. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> trust me, I know. No, I know. But if he goes uh, to the This Raiders, was the one I was worried about where you guys were like, that's not bold. Well, you know, you're dropping him from what? Wide receiver one to wide receiver 10, basically, in, right. some, in some circles. Yeah. So it, it is bold still. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Scott, number three. My number three is an interesting one. One I don't think many people who listen to this and follow this podcast will be too surprised by. But if you look at the rankings of all these players, it's definitely bold. Uh, And that is that Mark Ingram will lead all AFC North running backs in fantasy points in half PPR. Hmm. So that means he'll outscore Nick Chubb, he'll outscore James Conner, and he'll outscore Joe Mixon. And the reason I believe this is because he is set to be the bell cow on the most run-heavy offense in the league. Potentially, that we land. Potentially the most run-heavy offense of, in, of NFL history. At least in recent memory, right? Like, yeah. you know, from, you know, the, two, when they had, from 2000 on. When they had leather helmets, they gave the ball to Jim Brown 40 times a game. But obviously yeah. the game's evolved from then. Since and the this shotgun running, snap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Since, since the shotgun was even a thing. So... 
the stat that I love to drive home about this and why I really feel like this is so possible is that the running back position when Lamar Jackson was playing quarterback, the seven starts Lamar had when they were just running and running and running, controlling clock and winning games. So that's a good thing to remember too. The Ravens won playing this way, so they'll probably continue to do so. Excuse me. They had 1,051 rushing yards in those seven games. That goes out to 2,400 rushing yards. They had 1,000 yards in seven games. Just the running backs. (laughs) That goes out to 2,400 yards for just the running backs. Again, if you're conservative for Ingram getting 60% of the workload, which they paid him a lot of money to do. They paid him a lot of money to do. No one on that team has ever showed that they could really be the guy. I mean, Gus Edwards had a couple good weeks, but like I said, it was in the offense and it was in the scheme. 60% 60% of that is 1,450 yards. <laughs> That's absurd. Hey. Yeah. 75% of that, this guy's pushing 1,600, 1,700 yards. And he's got the, you know, he's got the ability to do it. He's, you know, he's been able to carry the load like that in the past before. Now we're hearing reports that he's going to be the primary receiver. This dude is not going to leave the field in the most run-heavy offense in the league. He's going to eat week in and week out, and I can see him easily outscoring all the AFC North running backs and pushing himself right into the top ten. And just last week, you were talking about how you didn't really like James, or I'm sorry, not James Connors, Joe Mixon's outlook. Yes. Because the Bengals are falling apart, basically. Yeah. And Connors is going to have more competition or so, it seems so far. And Nick Chubb has has Kareem Hunt. And and even Duke Johnson looks like he's going to get some snaps, according to camp. So all those things play into it where it seems like Mark Ingram is really trending in the right direction in an offense that it's like a no brainer for me to pick him. Yeah, Yeah, I would love to see them run an option with uh, Mark Ingram, but then I think about how I'll own Lamar Jackson and that'll make me sad. Yeah. Because he'll be blazing down the field and pitch it away. Yeah. <laughs> how fun They're would it be, a great be to combo, have both of them on your fantasy team? I don't think it's that stupid, to be honest. I, I think like it's it. really smart. Yeah. I think it's really smart. It's a weird stack, right? Because you would think it's more... You're not playing the passing game with that stack. Exactly. You're playing the running game, but you're getting the rushing touchdowns in that offense yeah. and you're getting, with those two. You're getting this. The little the bullshit shovel. You, you can get it double down with those two <laughs> yeah. very easily. Yeah. Very you just easily. invented the new wedding dance song. Oh, this, this <laughs> the bullshit shovel. It's a BS shuffle. It's a BS shuffle. It's the Cupid shuffle, really. Yes. All right. Is that all over there, Scotty? Um. Yeah, that covers it. The Ravens. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go back to some. Old, I got a lot of old people on my list. I don't know why. But here's because you respect your elders, Tom. That's right. As everyone should. (laughs) Just dial it back for that. We got a ways to go. Here's a fun (laughs) one about two oldies but goodies. Frank Gore. Oh God. Will have the most touchdowns of the running backs on his team, and Adrian Peterson will have the most yards of the running backs (laughs) on his team. Is this a combo? Like yeah, this, this is a two for one. This, this is, is two one, for one prediction. Special. Two oh, pumps yeah. for the price of one. Love that. All right. So here's what needs to happen. And here's why. Here's, here's why this will happen, actually. So Frank Gore needs five touchdowns to have 100 career touchdowns. Got to do it. Lock so it in. Obviously, they're going to give him a chance. Because the Bills yeah. are And because he's Frank Gore, he's obviously going to get it done. Yeah. And then some. <laughs> So when he finishes with about eight or nine touchdowns and they have five or six running backs on the roster, yeah. Frank Gore is actually going to lead the running backs in touchdowns. <laughs> Besides that, he only needs 800 yards to uh, move up in the career rushing list. And Adrian Peterson only needs a hundred or a hundred, a thousand to move up oh in the career rushing list. All right. So I think both of them move up a spot in the chase of these numbers, That's which so is so weird because it's not that iffy. The weird thing is, is the NFL has this respect their elders sort of thing right. where they actually do record chase for whatever reason. Yeah. And especially in that lost either. seasons, which, which could belong to teams yeah. like whom the Buffalo Bills and the Redskins. And the Redskins. <laughs> for sure. So I think this stands and I think it's weirdly fantasy relevant it is because it has to be if you're gonna have a guy running for a thousand yards in washington and a guy running for you know eight touchdowns 808 touchdowns which frank gore is perfectly capable of doing he's done that last year for two decades and now he's on a team that is rushing the ball even more right so all he needs is like one not that i'm rooting for this but one injury to break his way yeah you know one game where they just really feed him or he's really feeling it because 
great guys. I mean, in week 17, Frank Gore could have three touchdowns. It could yeah. easily. <laughs> it could. Yeah, it really could. So this Something one, weird this like one that. is never out of contention. No. And I think it's a fun one. And I do think that, like I said, I think it is at least a little fantasy relevant because in a matchup where these teams can beat up on someone, these guys are going to get the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think, think you that can do way worse than flexing Adrian Peterson. The storyline behind the season, I think, plays a factor too. Because yeah. Because like, yeah. if you're in, if you're that's these teams these the at the end of the teams. year, why wouldn't you just play these guys? That's, right. that's why I mentioned week seventeen, yeah. the lost seasons. These guys have the ability to do that, and all garbage points count the same in fantasy football. Oh yeah, makes sense. That's Blake Bortles. <laughs> I mean, how how are you going to doubt Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson at this point? Like. Frank Gore, five touchdowns. You could have been like, Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson end the year on the fringe of RB1s. And I probably would have been like, yeah, probably. <laughs> Here we go again. For the record, they won't be RB1s no, with they that. They but won't. could Adrian Peterson do it? Maybe. Maybe. I've learned to stop doubting him. It's just over. How I He's stopped. amazing. Wait, what was, what's the quote? How I stopped worrying and learned to love the bomb. How I stopped worrying and learned to love yeah. Adrian Peterson. I know what that is. I, I botched that horribly. What is that? It's a. I don't no, know. No, it's uh. I know it. It's like from. I'll a shout book. it out later. I think it's from whatever. I know what it is. Austin Eckler will have more weeks as an RB one than Melvin Gordon this season. Oh yeah. Now, while I have no way of proving it, I'd like to make it known that I made this prediction before it came out that Melvin Gordon's holdout may last into the regular season. While that seems more likely now, it should be noted that Austin Eckler has produced RB1 weeks both with and without Melvin Gordon in the lineup, which will help silence you all of the him. Justin Jackson season truthers out there. Tom loves him. I'm a Eckler has Jackson. struggled in the role of the RB1 for the Chargers. That has to be included. But as the Chargers are going through training camp without Melvin Gordon as their feature back, they're working on better ways to get Eckler the ball in space, doing what he does best. Oh, yeah. And even if Gordon does come back, he's missed at least two games every season of his career. So if he truly does miss the regular season time holding out and a bizarre and ill-informed tribute to Le'Veon Bell's 2018 campaign. That increases the opportunity for Austin Eckler, the bane of existence for Melvin Gordon shareholders for the last two years, to be a league-winning option for anyone who will snag him. And I just have one more stat to help me out here. In the, two, in the three games last season where Melvin Gordon didn't play and Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson were healthy. Yes. Snaps. Austin Eckler 130. Justin Jackson 40. Carries. Austin Eckler, 40. Justin Jackson, 17. Targets. Austin Eckler, 20. Justin Jackson, 4. Now, Justin Jackson's rookie year, sure. You can throw that out at me. Fine. I think Austin Eckler is the running back to have from the Chargers if you, like me, are worried about Melvin Gordon holding out through the season. I think he's the one to have for sure, but I just think that Jackson will will be very much involved. So. And I'm not saying that he won't be with this, yeah. by the way. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. There's a way for for Eckler to still have a really good season as a receiving back. You know, we've seen James White finish as RB8 and, you know, Terry Cohen finish as RB13 last year. So he can easily have a season like those guys, I think. Yeah, and I think not to poo-poo anything, but a lot of those stats are that horrible third of a game Austin Eckler played versus the Titans where he had the whole The London thing. game. Yeah. 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 And he clunked. And there was just a ton of snaps, ton of carries, you know. Yeah. And a but whole lot of nothing. Exactly. <laughs> That's when I became a Justin Jackson yeah. truther, before I even saw the kid play. One of my favorite guys on Twitter for fantasy football, Evan Silva, who just started a new site called uh, Establish the Run. He has a great thread going on Austin Eckler. I'm trying to find it, but I can't right now. Thanks for his free plug. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, he, he must be really he listens. thankful for that. I'll uh, go on to my next one because we're starting to get real bold here. Um, geared around Saquon Barkley on this one. I'm here we go. It's that Saquon Barkley will clean sweep the running back position statistically. Allow me to elaborate, Tom, because I know you may be a little confused. <laughs> I think that Saquon will lead the league all running backs in carries rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns, while also leading all running backs in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. So every counting stat that a running back could have that's realistic, besides passing yards, passing touchdowns, he leads every single one. So last year, let's see what... Let's Who see leads it. passing touchdowns? Tariq Cohen? Ooh, that's a good one. Um <laughs> I'm going to go with Tariq Cohen. <laughs> Saquon had two last year, didn't he? Wait. No. Yeah. 
He no. threw two to Odell. No, Odell no. threw him one. And but he threw one to Odell too. Okay, so so maybe even Saquon could still do that. But anyway, I'll check that. 2018, uh, Saquon was second in carries behind Zeke. So obviously, it's possible. I think I think he's they're going to run even more with him this year because they kind of need to with what happened to their receiving core. So rushing yards, he was uh, only a hundred and. 27 behind Zeke on 40 less carries. So if he gets the if he gets to even out on those carries, and when you have a better offensive line like the Giants seem to, uh, he should easily pass him in rushing yards and pass really anybody else if he gets if he gets the you know the league lead in carries as well. Um, let's not forget that Saquon led the league in carries of 20 plus yards last year, even behind the Giants' terrible offensive line. Yeah, I mean they do is a legend. Rushing, yeah, exactly, and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to lay out here. Like we're 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 witnessing greatness with this guy. Um, obviously, last year rushing touchdowns, Todd Gurley had a monster season. But if you know if Gurley's not going to have as big of a workload, then it's up in the air for anybody. And if I'm putting my money on anybody, it's Saquon. So now I got he's already swept, he's already swept the rushing. We haven't even got to the receiving where he was used so poorly in the receiving game last year. He caught 52 of his 91 catches behind the line of scrimmage. That's going to go up. If they Better. can get the ball out to him anywhere past the line of scrimmage. Terry Cohen catches his literally like 10 yards down the field. Yeah. That's, I saw a stat on that. It's like the exact difference in play style between these running backs that blow the doors off and the ones that just catch right. dink and dunk. Yeah, exactly. So if they can just be a little more efficient with some of his receptions and some of his targets and get him in a little bit better of a spot, I'm not saying all of these. I'm saying out of those 52, you know, get only have it be 40 and give him 12 more catches where he can actually move around a little bit. You can see him finish with more receptions than McCaffrey. You can see him finish with more yards than McCaffrey, which he was only 140 behind him in second place in receiving yards. And you can see him boost his receiving touchdowns up. James White had a big number last year for a running back, seven receiving touchdowns. It's normally around five or six. I say Saquon, he finished with four last year. Odell's gone, so who's the best red zone option for, for the Giants to Evan throw the Ingram. ball to? I think it's Saquon Barkley. It is. So he's checked off every box for me. And just look how close he was already. He was in second place in almost every single one of those categories, and it just goes to show how dominant this player is. And if the, if the line is just a little bit better, if their team is just a little bit better, we're going to see history from Saquon. Saquon did throw a passing touchdown in college. Oh, he didn't was in throw college. one last year. I couldn't find it. Okay. Well, I tried. I so, believe which you. makes me believe yeah. that he did not throw. No, it. yeah. But he did receive it from Odell Beckham. That's okay. That's yeah. that must have been what I was thinking of. Uh, Saquon Barkley's quarterback is Eli Manning, still right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason why I think that that can't happen and won't happen. Well, it there's a few reasons why it would actually help as well. Yeah, to dump the ball down to yeah, him so he could get the receptions. Wise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Fair um, enough. It's literally just a couple more targets go his way, a couple more receptions where he gets a little bit and more he room. Plays 16 games and the other people play 15, and, and they voila. And they, exactly. And there you go. He he clean sweeps the whole thing. Yeah. All right. We'll got, see. All right. I'm going to I'm terrified of him. Tom's in on it, though. I'm in on it. <laughs> of course he is. I'm not even going to argue that. Dude. I think I'm the only person on planet Earth who's out on Saquon Barkley. I mean, there's a lot a more people don't year. have him ranked as a, you know, as the RB1, but, you know, I don't know how. Well, only two people. So I saw this crazy thing I was looking for it the other day. I tried to, maybe I screenshot it, maybe I didn't, but I'll give you the gist. Yeah. It's about in the last 20 some odd years, only two running backs have been the running back one. On a team that has a losing record, David Johnson. No, they David Johnson the was one of them. Yep. Um, and you know what's really funny about that? Was they the other had, Clinton Portis. They had a tie versus uh, the card or the Seahawks that year. That, that caused them to have a losing yeah. record. <laughs> yeah. So like, if they just so they were it, seven. No, they must have been yeah seven seven eight, eight and one. one. Yeah. There you go. And then there was the other one who I don't remember. It certainly no. wasn't Clinton Portis though. He um, played on some bad teams, man. Yeah, but he was never the RB one. Oh, he wasn't. Maybe it was Zeke. I don't believe it was Zeke either, but either I way. can find it. Maybe yeah. tweet it. All right. So this one is going to go to the tight end position, and it's that Greg Olson, another old man, finishes as a top five tight end this year. Last year. Wait, being drafted outside the top 25 tight ends this just, year. Yeah. <laughs> so That's not true. Well, check this out. His so, ADP is 155 on fantasy. Well, if you're first. going off exactly what happened last year, Don, it's almost reasonable because he finished at tight end 24. But here's the thing. 
played in nine games. Yeah. Right? And, and he hobbled he through like three of them. Thank you. He left. He barely played. You know, he did this. He did that. Whatever. Let's call it eight. Let's round down. It's Larry still wasn't Fitzgerald style, right? <laughs> so multiply what he did by two, eight times two, 16 right. games, the amount that he would theoretically play. And he would be at 133 points in half point PPR with his same performance from last year. Last year, which would be two games that he limped out of. Yeah, which would be tight end six. Jesus. He had four touchdowns. Tight end is brutal. If you if you double that, it gives him eight touchdowns, and only Travis Kelsey and Eric Ebron had more. They lose Funches. They have gadget guys. They have the air All gadget Steve wide receivers. Smith. Yeah. yeah. You know, they have not these towering assets. No. Christian McCaffrey. Once again. Right? Not a big yeah. guy. No, yeah, I know. Cam I hear you. Established relationship yeah. with the guy. Oh my God. So it's really I know that you guys again, is what I always say with the bold predictions. Like we're in a, a certain group of thinking together. Sure. Yeah, where like this is that like our predictions aren't bold to each other, and this he one definitely doesn't isn't have to, us. to do much besides play 16 games. <laughs> His game log is crazy. To make yeah. this hit. Yeah. And here's the thing is as when you look at his game log last year, mm. he's got games with, does he not one reception for a touchdown? For a touchdown. He has one game with two catches for five yards and a touchdown. Another with two catches for nine yards and a touchdown. And his first game back was, uh, no, yeah, he had another one with two for thirty-three. For some reason, I thought. And he the last had... game of the year before they just he had another one two for eleven, and and his last game before they shut him down for the rest of the year uh, was in early December. He had one catch for thirteen yards. My so he did all is... of that and still extrapolated out to tight end six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, if you doubled what he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and which he could do more than by the Exa- way. That's my yeah, point. Yeah, way that, more. What than I'm saying that. is, is the minimum is that he gets red zone targets. Yeah. Reliably and catches them, yes, which is what you want in a tight end at all. It's unbelievable. Value. That's the only. That's the only criteria that makes a tight end draft. I feel yes. bad for the people who are in leagues with us because, like, they're gonna think that they can get Greg Olson super late, and one of the three we're of gonna us is just we're gonna, gonna be racing for him. him in other leagues. Oh my though. God. We're gonna cannibalize each other yeah. on him. Yeah. So and in, and even in PPR, I mean, I think he's a tight end that going the opposite they way. They need him more than ever now. No, I mean, yeah, but there's two tight ends you can play, right? Yeah. A guy who has a chance of scoring a touchdown, which he is. Yes. Even on one target, which he is. And a guy who and can catch five balls. And then a guy who gets balls. five balls. Exactly. He's both. In PPR, and then he's fine because he yeah. scored five points. Yeah. He's both. And he's free. And he could finish as a top five wider, or top five tight end. And I know that's odd because right now there's like a big five. Yeah. But we've seen this before. And. Come on. Second week in a we row. We saw it last year with George Kittle. Yeah, crazy things happen. George Kittle, I don't want to say he could, yeah. yeah. Let's not put any bad juju out there. We like the kit man? We like the kit man, dude. But the problem is, boys, is, you know, there's a lot of big plays out there. Not a lot of touchdowns. No. If you yeah. noticed uh, I know. Greg Olson's extrapolation, it pretty yeah. much doubles. Steady. Yeah. I think Kittle had five touchdowns. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Greg Olson had four. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Yeah. <laughs> And Todd's the name of the games yeah, for tight ends. All right, yeah. so that's, that's my case. It's, just, yeah, it's, it's cut and dry. I think he's going to be up there. That one's going to hit. All right. Lamar Jackson will be the highest scoring quarterback in the AFC North. I'm sure everyone other than Scott and Tom are going to be surprised at this one, but it's practically a layup. If you took just the rushing stats that Lamar Jackson accrued in his seven starts for the Ravens last year, he would have been QB 21 ahead of Matthew Stafford. Crazy. John Harbaugh has already said that he plans on breaking the quarterback rushing attempt record using Lamar this year, and he thinks that their offense is going to revolutionize the way that offense is played in the NFL in the future. Jackson has already proven his game-breaking speed is nightmares for defenses with an offseason where the Ravens are retooling their offense to better suit his skills as a passer. We know Lamar will be able to fend off the dreaded, sorry, dreadful Joe Flacco-Drew Locke combo in Denver, which leaves Baker Mayfield and Big Ben in his way. Ben is coming off his best season as a QB, especially in fantasy, so expect some regression there. And then it's just Lamar and Baker. Lamar has a vast rushing edge over Mayfield, which should lock up the division and potentially even produce a top five QB performance for the Ravens passer. I'm definitely all in. My only fear for Lamar Jackson is that 
they actually do revolutionize it and they really run the clock like so well that like (laughs) he really just doesn't get as much opportunity as we think he might because they get big leads and Mark Ingram just churns and burns first downs. And you don't run quarterback draws when you're up 28. Exactly. So like that's that's literally the uh, the only fear for me. But I love Lamar. Yeah. Let's ride. What people really are also afraid of is um, his health. He put on weight this year. Yeah. He he should be more formidable. Bulking season. And uh, check this out. I've, Dropped this tidbit before, but I'll never get tired of it. Fantasy points per drop back last year, 2018. Lamar Jackson, almost a full point every time he drops back. 0.84. Patrick Mahomes, in the best quarterback season ever, quote-unquote, 0.72. Here's a question for you. Fluky Ryan Fitzpatrick, 0.67. And then you get down to Drew Brees and Russell Wilson in 0.64, 0.61, normal territory. Hmm. Lamar Jackson... Didn't even play to his full potential. And here's a question for you too. I don't know. I don't even know if you know the answer to this question. It would be interesting to find out. Like, does a drop back count? Is him just in the shotgun taking the snap and doing a designed run, or does or do those not even count? Because if those don't even count, we're talking about something even far greater. If a designed run doesn't count, yeah, that's a good point. But I would imagine that it has to be like a, and this is a it has to be right where like you get it and you bring up the ball. Like yeah. to your ear, yeah, and then you run. That counts. Okay, I got which, you. Yeah. Which it must, because yeah. it must count. It has. I felt like it had. It would have to count for him. He would drop too low. Without but that's it. the whole point. Is it doesn't matter how it's really come together, because the fact of the matter is, is that when he gets a drop back, he has the same opportunity as anyone else. Right. He just chooses to do something. Right. Different. Exactly. It's not. It's not a knock against him. Yeah. I just thought it might no, even yeah. be something more for us to take yeah. a brag about for him. Sorry about the noise in case the mics picked it up because Scott and Tom definitely heard it. Don, just I over here just, like Googling while we're doing this. Yeah, but. I was Googling Lamar Jackson. Sorry. Um, but Lamar Jack- John Harbaugh, the exact quote is, Cam Newton's career high in rushing attempts is 139 for a full season. Yeah. Now, it's important to note that Lamar Jackson passed that last year. Yeah. In in uh, the games that he was playing as the gadget guy to Joe Flacco starting quarterback, and he might the seven get two fifty attempts. He, he could easily top two hundred passing att- rushing attempts. Yeah, RB one. And if you do that, yes. oh by the way, he averaged four point seven yards per carry. Four point seven times two hundred is somewhere in the nine hundred yards yeah, mark. Shade under Tom a thinks he's going to top a thousand yards this year. Wait, four point seven times what? Two hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it was five, it would have been way over. Yeah, you could have just said times two fifty. You know, you think he's going to run two hundred fifty times? No, it's just easier math. Well, yeah, he might. Is, is it though? <laughs> just hits you to a thousand right there. I don't <laughs> think he's going to get a thousand. That's why That's I said easy. it like that. Scott, this is the last round, so you better have brought the heat for your last one. Yeah, I'm saving. I saved my last one for the best one. I think. Um, oh yeah, I know what this one is. Yeah, Kyler Murray in the feature of the air raid offense in its first inaugural season. Finishes his rookie season not only as quarterback one, Here we go. but as overall fantasy player number one. Every report, every word out of camp is that it's going to be one of the most unique offenses in the NFL. It's literally tailor-made for the quarterback. So much so that they've made this hybrid communication that took what Cliff Kingsbury used to use at um, Texas Tech and Oklahoma and where or I'm sorry where Kyler Murray from Oklahoma they like combined it so that and then when they met in the offseason like Kyler Murray was more in control of the offense before camp than like any rookie quarterback maybe in the history of rookie quarterbacks so he's like insanely prepared in an offense that's going to be so crazy that the defensive players have already gone on record saying yeah our offense is so unique in order for us to get an accurate way of how the other teams are going to play during the season, we're going to have to practice against the scout team because our offense is not going to depict a picture of a normal NFL offense. Like it's already been known even by the defense and they have yeah. veterans on that defense. Yeah, Chandler Jones led the league in sacks. Patrick Peterson's one of the best, you know, been around forever. So, you know, it's not a defense that's devoid of veterans. They've seen it a lot. And all of that combined with Murray, just having all of that, he's got the arm, he's got the legs He's David got that Johnson. that cool confidence. He's got David Johnson. He's got Larry Fitz. Everything to me is leading up to him dropping insane numbers. And here's an, another kicker for him. It's tough to plan for a rookie quarterback. 
and to plan for a rookie quarterback in an offense that you've never seen before. Good luck. It could be crazy for him. And combine all that with their defense, although being with veterans, isn't really that great. He's going to be throwing and running and just doing everything every week. I'm so excited for him, and I really don't even think this is that bold. That that. That quarterback in the first year has that first mover advantage. It's like yes. Cam Newton when he was first out there. He was amazing. And you don't have that that way to stop. Anybody him. know when Cam Newton's rookie year was? Uh, two thousand and ten. Around there, yeah. I think it was. Let me know. I anyway, will, I will. I'm looking it up right yeah. now. I'm just but trying I mean, to find something. It's to like base when it you watch of. Josh Allen come on, right? And no one knows how to stop him. Yeah. This year, they're going to know how to oh stop him pretty much. Mm-hmm. What, Don? Michael Vick was QB1 in 2010 with 12 starts. Yeah, he yeah, was for like, Philly. He that like, was the Philly year. Yeah, he like insane. broke his ribs in the middle of the year, but then you Didn't pick him up. Didn't matter. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Cam was... Newton, QB3 in his rookie year. 2010? 11. 11, That's what I said. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, You're right, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody heard it. But yeah, so the Robert you know, Griffin like, the third RB uh, QB five. Yeah, so it's possible well, to have that finish up there. You know, like these guys can do it, and you know everything I've seen from Murray has just been like, yes, this is going to be this guy's going to be a difference maker in this league. He's going to be a winner in this league. All those things for me lead toward a big, big fantasy season. Yeah, you want to take like that first mover advantage with the quarterback. How about with the whole team? They're taking an entirely new approach, right? Exactly. So you see that with Lamar Jackson. You see that with Josh Allen. You see that with blah 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 blah. There's no reason that that can't happen. And yeah. if you finish as QB1, you usually stand a pretty good chance to be fantasy. Exactly. That one. that like informs that part yeah. of it, too. If you're going to finish as QB1, you have a really, really good chance to finish as overall player one. So he Why could not? do them both. Yeah, Pat Mahomes did it last year. That's right. Tom, your final bold prediction. My final bold is. prediction is that Derrick Henry. Here we go. <laughs> We're doing this oh, to yeah. ourselves. I think we've had a bold prediction centered around Derrick Henry all three seasons Inject of this podcast. This in I had veins. one last year. I did not have one last year or the year before. I don't know. It's possible. I love Derrick Henry. But I have one this year. Derrick Henry will have the most touchdowns in the NFL as well as the most rushing yards in the NFL. Oh, baby. Giddy. <laughs> but I cannot go. stress this enough. Up. Yeah, well, the problem is, and I won't admit to it, but I even though I am, is that he won't have the receiving chops. So I can't say not be, at all. I can't say he'll be RB one, but he's certainly a candidate of many that he could outdo the rushing totals of those like Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, rushing touchdown totals of those like Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon. who is Todd the Gurley. most commonly used guy right there. Todd Gurley, who knows what's going Christian on with McCaffrey. that? Sixty-five yep. percent snap share, whatever you want to talk about, until we really figure it out. But here's some of the reasons why this could happen in the five zone. He has the same effectiveness of scoring a touchdown rate 62% as Alvin Kamara. Nice. So you put it, you give him the ball oh. the five and he's good to go. Yeah. He averages about 14 rushing attempts a game right now. And this is before the overt commitment that they will give him this year. Yep. His splits are not gross. Obviously, he does better when he wins, but on the home, on the road and home, they're virtually even to the a tenth point one, and that's it. Thirteen point okay. five um, attempt. Oh, sorry, but yeah, it's the same thing for attempts and for yards. And obviously, when he salts games away, that's when he's been like the most legendary. Oh yeah, and when you have that. That's because the Titans are actually stupidly winning games. And we always complain about that. <laughs> yes. Yep. And it keeps happening, so I don't expect it necessarily to stop. Yeah, I don't either. I'll um, go 7-9. Marcus Mariota, half of his games that he started last year, he did not have a passing touchdown. Yeah. So if we believe that they will win, if we believe that stupidly, they... Stupidly. Well, yeah. Might we add. It doesn't matter how. If we believe that they will even win and contest... That they have to score rushing touchdowns, and whose hand does that come by? Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. Big time. Here's some more. He I had, agree. <laughs> he had 23% of his red zone carries went for a touchdown. Wow. Within the within the 20-yard line. Like, how do you not just okay. feed that dude? That's better than Saquon. That's better than Christian McCaffrey. And he had 24%. That last one was 23. 24% in the 10 zone. Went for a touchdown. Yeah. Better than Saquon Barkley. So his efficiencies where you're expecting a score. One year. Just give it to us, Tommy. Yeah. Right? One I mean, year. 
the this is contract year too. Yeah. So those areas where you're expecting the rush, those areas where you think it's going to be Derrick Henry, right? You still can't stop him. He breaks away big plays better than Saquon Barkley in the red zone, right. better than Christian McCaffrey in the ten zone, and as good as Alvin Kamara in the five zone. If the team okay. is going to score. <laughs> That's some good comparables right there. <laughs> it's going to okay. have to be through Derrick Henry. Yes. Yes. How did they Absolutely. not know that yet? I don't know. But he's got to go over 13 rushes a game, and he will. I love it. I'm all in. Let's do it. Henry Let's Train. Let's ride. Henry Train. He's a, he's a, he's a standard guy, though. Let's be oh, honest. yeah. Yeah, but he's a standard darling. Yeah, but I mean, think about that, though. Um, let's say you give him 21 carries a game, 19 carries a game, something right. like that. That's just as good and standard as a guy who gets 15 and five passes to yeah. him. Yeah. So in this vein, I'm very excited about him. I play in, unfortunately, more PPR leagues than others. Yep. Right. Uh, but I'll, I'll gun for him where I can get him. All right. With those red zone capabilities, you got to love it. Yeah, really. The sky's the limit with those. Yeah. All right. To round out the episode, the New Orleans Saints will produce a top five player at every fantasy position you can essentially lock Alvin Kamara in the top five running backs as he's been in the top five the last two seasons and Mark Ingram's gone Michael Thomas's catches and yards have improved each season of his career and his holdout is unlikely to last end of the season lock him in for top five his chemistry with Drew Brees who hopes to join Tom Brady in the QBs who are still ballers at 40 club is undeniable Ted Ginn comes into the season with a clean bill of health with Traquan Smith and Keith Kirkwood rounding out the receiving core after showing flashes in their rookie seasons Throw in Jared Cook coming off his best season as a pro and a top five tight end season last year as well. And the Saints defense will face challenges, but they'll have playmakers all over the field. Will Lutz has been serviceable and should have every opportunity to kick a bunch of field goals, score a bunch of points. That and the possibility that the Saints will enter this season with a scorched earth to hell with everyone mindset after they were jobbed out of a spot in the Super Bowl in the worst no call in the history of sports shows that the Saints are out to make a statement this season and fantasy managers will reap all of the benefits. This is a bizarro bold prediction from last year. Where you said no one in the Raiders will be. Yes. <laughs> and it had Jared Cook. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jared Cook's really just what Jared changed Cook on mine. Jared Cook has really come full circle. Yeah. For me. And he could he just change over mine. on this one, too. He absolutely could, but I think his touchdowns weirdly go up from what he got from the Raiders last year. I think Michael Thomas stays right there, maybe goes up a little bit more in touchdowns. Right. As that's really just been the kryptonite for why he can't be in that elite tier of wide receiver. Despite Alvin him Kamara, having the most, second most. Uh, 10 zone targets as we discovered yeah, exactly. during the Chris Godwin saga. Right, yes. Although I knew he was much to be, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Much discussed. Yeah. And then really, I think the biggest hurdle is obviously Breeze, who's age 40, hasn't been top five in a little while, but I think he can easily get there. I the think defense the is, is in the, the defense. And the defense, right? Because yeah. defense is so fluky, but I think that they can be consistent, and I think you know, that's the one I got to get lucky on. Yeah. I think and that's I think the I can fun get part, though. Yeah. And because two years ago, they were darlings. Yeah. And oh, they, yeah. And then we, and then we tried to play players. him versus uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he said, no, yeah. not yet, guys. Whoopsies. Not yet. And that's like those, weirdly, those are the big troublesome areas for the Saints defense is those two right. matchups against the Bucks with Jameis Winston <laughs> and the Bruce Arians <laughs> offense. They always play the Saints and Panthers close and low scoring. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So I'm I'm all in on the Saints this year. I think they're probably going to be my Super Bowl pick this year. It's not going to be Packers Patriots for the fifth year in a row. <laughs> it's going to be Saints Patriots. Can I say a Ryan Fitzpatrick thing that of I thought course, was funny? Of course, Tom. So I was looking at week love one. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was looking here. at week one for uh, survivor pool picks. Yeah. And someone was like, just take the Ravens versus the Dolphins. No, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Said, That's what I said last year <laughs> about the Saints. Versus the Bucks. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not gonna do that to myself. No. And if I Rosen think, is a starter, maybe. Well, apparently Ryan Fitzpatrick is miles ahead. Of, yeah. You know, doesn't whatever. surprise me. Um, oh boy. Yeah. Here we go with that one. Yep. But I actually think if you want to talk survivor pools, I'm taking the Browns. But Don, I love the I love the Saints rebound. They're a fun team to root for. Yeah, they. Really I really are. think they're gonna go like middle fingers in the air through the whole league this year. Because of how like disserviced they felt at the end of last season, like we'll see, they're not leaving anything to chance. We're gonna come out, we're gonna run up the score, Ooh. which you can hey. find run up the score on Twitter 
at RutsFF and on Instagram at RutsFF. Tom's on Twitter at HillierFF. Scott's on Twitter at WagsFF. You can find me on Twitter at YSoSerious. And we will see everybody. We're going to be a full week into the preseason the next time that you hear from us, which is going to be really exciting. We're going to be seeing which guys, you know, maybe Trey Quinn makes his – Makes his debut in a, in a grand fashion for Washington. Maybe uh, Tom keeps his headphones on his head before they fall off in the middle of the episode or towards the end, I should say. Uh, but we'll recap this all of that. This is the dead middle. Yeah, exactly in the middle. <laughs> That's right. It says an hour on your podcast screen right now because I know you're looking like, really? We got another hour, baby. No, just kidding. Keep scoring.